keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effin' Marks. I am your host, the King of Sad South, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Mike, Scott, Robert. Let's get to our guest. Joining us today, uh, we're going to be talking about his documentary. You know him from Scream. You know him from WCW. You know him from a bunch of stuff. David Arquette. David, thank you for What's joining What's happening? Us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dude, I love I loved your documentary. I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, uh, thank you. Thanks and so I much. had just seen like like a, I, I'm not going to mention the documentary, but I just seen a wrestling documentary that I was kind of like, eh. you know, like they only got like really to the interesting part in like the last five minutes of the documentary. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like, you know, the the biggest compliment I can say about that the documentary is it is it put the David Arquette character over. You know, like almost like the, it's like you got over after being, you know, it's almost like it's like the version of Nia Jax's hole. She's over now somehow, you know, after people were, were blackening her name for years and years. You got the Arquette, you know, he's babyface. You turn the Arquette character babyface. So that's that's an amazing that's an amazing accomplishment. What, what when where did the germ of this idea come from? Where? Where uh, how how did this documentary come to be? Was it I I want to redeem myself for for uh, the WCW days, or was it just I want to explore all these worlds? I just had always loved wrestling, and I would always let left this kind of like unfinished kind of feeling of you know a bad taste in my mouth, and and I always you know loved the business, loved the whole world. I just wanted originally i always just wanted to do it to hang out and be part of the guys that you know see their world and go city to city and meet the fans and so uh that's how shitty I, of a hang actors are that you're like i just want to hang out with pro wrestlers <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrestlers are the best and the whole world is just such a crazy world you know i don't know i don't know i've just been thinking about it just always pissed me off and, and the way I was kind of just like, ah, he's a wimp, you know? I don't know. I just felt bullied, and I wanted to stand up. Well, now with Twitter, it's every celebrity gets that. I feel yeah. like I feel like you got Twitter hate before there was Twitter. And now it's everyone, and you're even, you know? And now you are king. Yeah, just don't invade the Capitol or anything. Oh, gosh. No, don't do that. Um. I also wanted to uh, here. I, I got my, my little dumb notebook open. Um, yeah, I wanted to get more into the um, uh, into the documentary. My first question: uh, Did Ric Flair try to sleep with your wife? Because it feels like <laughs> in the beginning of that documentary that may have happened once, or that he may have made some sort of boozy pass, thinking she he was a flight she was a flight attendant from the eighties or something. If you're ever around Ric Flair and your wife's anywhere in the vicinity, it's, it's a, you know, 
she's in danger. <laughs> I mean, uh, she's, you know, she's, uh, yeah, there's always the chance. I mean, he's Ric Flair. He's Ric like you, you don't even mad. It's like better than an autograph. You, you got to put your guard up. You <laughs> yeah. Mad. Well, the problem no. is he has so many heart attacks now. I don't know if it's physically possible. So that's the one oh, benefit. Man. He's the best, man. I love Ric Flair. Yeah, who is your favorite? Who is your favorite hang? And all, uh, of all the wrestlers that you hung out with, who was your favorite hang? Oh, I mean, I love hanging out with Rick. When you hang out with like the legends that I grew up like just idolizing, that's when it's the best. And and like Wendy, his wife, is an incredible person. And you know, we got to hang out with Hacksaw Jim Duncan. Uh, and uh, his wife, and I don't know. Uh, the DP is an incredible person. Yeah, Hacksaw's been with his so wife bad. for like thirty years. I follow him and his wife on Instagram because I'm a fucking weirdo. But yeah. they've been together for like over thirty years. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which in the wrestling business, that's like two hundred and fifty years. Yeah, but you meet some incredible people. Shane Helms is an incredible guy. Uh, yeah, just- Mike, you you're friends with Shane, right? Yeah, he's the nicest dude. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's so funny. If you listen to his his podcast, it's like hanging out with him. It's hilarious. Well, I also I got a chance to text. I, I'm uh, friends with Ken Anderson, who you you know that's the yeah. big climax, is the big uh, payoff match. And I, I kind of wanted to ask, you know, I I wanted to see because there are clearly in that documentary there are parts that like you know in every documentary you're telling a story, right? So it's like. Like, I would kind of, obviously, the gauge thing was a shoot, but, like, at what point, were there any scenes that were a little dramatized, like, like, the knob scene in the beginning, like, the Legends of Wrestling promotion? The knob scene was not. That was really? Who, was, who was that? That who, I mean, obviously, oh, the Ken man. Anderson cutting a promo, he was part of it, but, like, but the, uh, so was somebody starting to fight you at this, at this knobs yeah. party? Yeah, we wanted to do an interview with Eric Bischoff, and we had set it up so we'd come to him and do it, and it was at this hotel that he was staying at for Legends of Wrestling, where they were doing in Detroit the next day. And we asked if we could be a part of it or film, you know, at the event or something, and they were like, no. And we're like, oh, shit, okay. Well, we still have to shoot Eric, so we went there, and we were shooting some, we were going to shoot the big interview the next morning with Eric, but we're just shooting some behind the scenes at the bar. And everyone had walked in behind me. I didn't even know what was going on. I was still just talking to Eric at the bar. And then (laughs) Jerry Sags grabbed the the camera and (laughs) threw it and broke it. Dude, that guy's guy's kind of a prick, right? Didn't he try to kill Ken Shamrock? Oh, he's the best. He's (laughs) he's insane. (laughs) I mean, he's insane. They're insane. Yeah, no, I, I, I just remember that. I just read the Shamrock book, and the Nasty Boys like try, legitimately tried to kill Ken Shamrock in a hotel. I think Ken Shamrock thinks everyone's tried to kill him. <laughs> that could be true too. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Just in general, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy. It's a, it's a crazy pirate's world. world. A, a pirate's life yeah. for me. Uh, it really Bobby has got a very pirate life. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Mike. What I was gonna say, I, I think it needs to be said that you had nothing to do with the death of WCW. That was a suicide. And on, on behalf of all wrestling fans, you should not feel any responsibility. They had 25 title changes the year that you won. 
<laughs> Mike, I'm glad you said this. I'm glad you said this because yeah, you're right. It Thank was you. it was Thank a wrestling. You. It was a wrestling suicide. It wasn't even a wrestling suicide. It was almost like because if you look at what WCW was, it was almost just like a plant that Ted Turner just stopped watering. You know, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I don't like this plant anymore. I'm going to focus on these other plants like that's that's kind of what it felt moral. But yeah, it's like you you pinned Eric Bischoff. You didn't pin like some big wrestler or whatever. It was all it worked within the story. They were promoting a movie. I mean. It's just you became a scapegoat. And I only wanted to say that because it feels like in the movie it's bothering you and it should not at all. No, the more yeah, insulting thing was a title change on Thunder. That was the <laughs> thing that killed the business. Yeah, yeah, we should be upset about that. <laughs> to be clear, we're not putting over. It's not a five star match, folks. But no, David Arquette did not murder the wrestling business. And and, yeah. and, and yeah, I do. I do want to say that as well, because I, I you can't give these people any sort of credit i mean they're so worthless i'm watching this and i'm like if i text anybody in my phone right now and say what do you think of david arquette they're gonna say david arquette fucking rules and they're gonna spell your last name correctly which is kind of fucking difficult <laughs> who are these psychopaths that are mad at you it's it's on them you know i mean you should be telling them they need to figure this out <laughs> Sorry, I think I might have just got upset. Hey, no, I love it. <laughs> fired up there, Scott. It was great. Yeah, you did. You guys couldn't see this, but uh, Scott was furiously masturbating the entire time. Um, What's crazy about it now watching it, and I, and I look at it from the perspective as a fan and then as someone who was on creative years later at WWE, David, you were the, the quintessential dream celebrity for wrestling to have. It's what in 2021 Bad Bunny is because you were a genuine fan who respected the business, and rather than showing up there because you wanted to promote a movie, and I always go to Jeremy Piven as the example, when he had no idea about the product and he's calling it Summerfest because he wants someone to see his film, you were like, I want to get in there and mix it up. And WCW at this point in time was already on a decline, and the way that they booked this made complete sense. You didn't go over someone clean. They didn't say, you know, you're going to come in there and you're going to beat Goldberg in a minute and a half. Fans were angry with WCW because they had all of the pieces to make the show amazing. And a lot of that talent wasn't getting put in the spotlight. And you became this unfortunate lightning rod where wrestling fans just automatically hated celebrities for a long time. That's now changed and shifted over where they're like, this is great that a celebrity loves what we love. They're part of the club. And it's kind of cool that everybody likes wrestling. You were really unfairly maligned and you did really well with the character. You know, you you made that arc where you're like, I'm going to embrace being that Andy Kaufman. You want to hate me. If Jerry Lawler had the foresight to put the title in Andy Kaufman, he absolutely would have. And it would have drawn huge. When you won the title, the audience went nuts. They popped for it. It was great. It's just this weird revisionist history in wrestling where they want to say this was the worst thing that happened because Booker T deserved the WCW title and he wasn't getting a shot as if you were holding down Booker T. And then cut to yeah. WrestleMania 19 where Triple H like waits two minutes to pinch Booker T. You know what? You know what I'm going to say that it was, was that high school was ending basically. Like there was this big popularity spike for wrestling fans. It ended around 2001, 2002. It was always going to end anyways, but people don't want to blame themselves or, or the product. So they're like, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, blame me. I don't care anymore. Uh, well, after that whole journey, I was like, "Oh, I got it. I figured out." 
have figured out all the sort of I got the uh, the I don't know the road taught taught me some lessons <laughs> just going through the whole experience I totally am like understanding you know just a little sliver of what they go through that like pain the the pain's just insane I had this whole saying like don't are you are you are you retired now is this like a brief run or are you yeah, yeah. are you still I'm, you're not going to do it again you don't think I don't think so no it's yeah. pain, it's so painful I'm like a permanent whiplash but don't worry if you got like a pain in your neck because your your back's gonna hurt so much worse after this next match. <laughs> you always just trade injury off. Now your ankles fucked up, and then you forget how bad your neck hurts. It's insane. Oh, especially those. What about those? Uh, look, I'm I'm gonna bury somebody, David. I'm I'm sorry. Um, no. but uh, what about those guys? You know, you know those high school kids you were like, or college kids you were wrestling that first promotion, and they were like teaching you the do like like oh you're gonna pay your dues. I'm like. Are these these guys have been wrestling for like four months? There's no way. It was Dude. so bizarre that they were like they were talking like they were Harley Race or some shit. Well, there and was I'm the like, guy. I've got more fucking hairs on my balls than that kid has on his fucking chin. <laughs> well, there was a guy, and 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 again, I mean, no disrespect, uh, but he was living in a yeah, van or something, and he was like. He's like, do you want to be like Ric Flair? You want to be like me? And it's like, wait, what is, wait, what's happening? Ric Flair is not in a fan. Well, no, no, he <laughs> jumped pretty quickly. He goes, you want to be Ric Flair or Jimmy Valiant? Like, that's a pretty <laughs> steep drop. I won't judge his character. Guy, I'll just... that, that wrestler Rick's amazing guy. He's, he's a really, he was just trying to play a character there for the documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's obviously like a, since it is a film about wrestling, there's like the whole thing and Andy Kaufman, like it's all a big kind of like real. I mean, it really does. Like when you're in the wrestling world, these little reality lines get really blurred. About well, like, well, let's talk know, about something how that... tough you are, how like everything's going on. Start believing your own gimmick. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something that for sure was real, and uh, and that's the uh, the gauge match. Um, so, did he just take those liberties, or like, what was there a conversation beforehand? Was he just trying to like prove how tough he was? I mean, I've been around that guy, and he has like prison guy anger, you know, <laughs> but like he has like prison face. If you've ever been around gauge, I mean, because he's been to jail, he's 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 more of a criminal than a professional wrestler. Um, <laughs> But what was the conversation before this match? Um, like, I agreed to do light zooms and all the kind of stuff. I was game for everything. I knew it was a match that I had to kind of do for the hardcore, hardcore fans. Just to be like, okay, your main thing about me was that I was a pussy. So here, I'm not a pussy anymore. You know, but... um. Yeah, so we agreed to a lot of it. Some things got, like, went too far. And that's where... I sort of pulled his legs when I wasn't supposed to, which caused me to get my my neck cut. But uh, that's where it got a little freaky because I I, th I thought it hit my jugular. I didn't know. Yeah, I, was you were, yeah, I was nervous. You were, it was like certain yeah. it hit an artery. It actually, it hit my neck muscle. I got five stitches in my neck muscle, so that's what saved me. Damn. But it's just dangerous. It's super dangerous. Like, and I just have you talked to him since that match? 
Have you What's talked that? to uh, him since that match? Have you talked to him? <laughs> no, we've never really talked since after it. <laughs> Shit. So I have, I have like, a question. He texted me something, I texted him something back, and that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a scene in the movie where there's a montage of a lot of the different matches you were having on the indies, and you work with a lot of really talented guys. Like Timothy Thatcher was in there. There was a bit with you and MJF, you working with Jungle Boy. These are all now, you know, big names. Who was someone that you worked with on the indies that you really wanted to highlight and say, boy, this guy really surprised me? Uh, uh, Brian, King Brian Anthony out of Northeast Wrestling. He's just an amazing, like, you know, there's these certain guys that are kind of like big in, in the, the local promotions and their own promotions. And those guys who have been doing it for so many years have wrestled everyone. Ray Mysterio on, like, just have wrestled tons of people and, and just are skilled to make it easy, make it like a good dance. And uh, so he's he was great. Tim Thatcher, I had a worse match with him. I, like, blew everything and, like, I tapped out when I wasn't supposed to tap out. I, but I thought, I don't know. I was all confused. But I'm totally no one's going to blame that. you for tapping out as quickly as possible to Thatcher. He genuinely <laughs> seems terrifying. He was kind of stretching me out a little. He was stressing me <laughs> out. What I, what, I, what I found fascinating about uh, the movie was it's kind of like the best anti-immigration story in years. Because you're in America, lots of people are assholes to you. Then you go to Mexico, and everyone's really nice. Uh, <laughs> David, I David's like up you, during that part. David's like, Mike, you didn't see it, but they uh, they robbed our camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I want uh, those guys are awesome. There's, I wish, uh, wish I, you know, I I don't know. I learned so much, and it was a incredible part of the adventure. It was us to yeah, go that down was, that there. That was a huge part for me watching but like, why, wow, why, why do you think they the, were lucha, so... the love of lucha wrestling in mexico is so beautiful it's like a, it's really like a part of the culture you know it's really accepted and like really loved and revered generationally so i don't know there's something really makes it very uh you know i did this so i did this gimmick where uh you know, I'm I'm scared the whole beginning of the match. This stuff that you see little clips of it in the movie, but they don't show the whole match or whatever. But I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not. I'm not helping at all. All the guys in my thing are getting beat up. Someone pulls me in, and and then I clothesline him, and I, I get one guy, and then I clothesline all the rest of the the guys in the match. And then I'm so fired up that I start clotheslining my 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 guys too. And then I close on the ref, and I'm like going bananas. Everyone's like freaking out. And then they come to me and they calm me down. But then they said, "Now you have to apologize to each like side of the ring. You had to apologize to the fans because we were the baby faces. I meant no disrespect, but you know, I'm knocking out the ref. For, you, you know, guys have uh, do you guys have permits for any of? Do you have, like any of those scenes where you're just? You know, giving each other Frankenstein's and traffic. No, no, there was no, no, there's no, no that all that stuff is on the run. Oh my yeah. god, that must have been terrifying. Like, just it, it you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language and you're filming illegally. <laughs> you know, like yeah. in the middle of the fucking road. I mean, that's you know, it would seem like a really busy intersection. 
Oh man, the whole journey at every moment, literally the first day of filming, Jerry Sykes and <laughs> the, the nasty boys trying to take our heads off. What happened was they, they broke the camera and everything, and then this one guy grabbed my neck. This dude with the big long beard, big tall guy, he grabbed my neck, and then I was like, "What the hell's going on?" They're like, "They broke the camera." I was like, "I was trying to talk to him, and I realized this guy's got my neck." And I turned to him and I grabbed his beard like that. And I was like, "Do not let go of my neck." And then his girlfriend <laughs> punched me in the ear. <laughs> Jesus so the whole, Christ! The whole journey, like the whole from the start to the whole thing, was just a insane, insane like. World. You lived the life of a of like a new Japan young boy as an a millionaire actor in his forties. That is the craziest decision you've ever made. Yeah, late forties. Yeah. Yeah, late forties. What a bizarre. I mean, it was great, but Jesus Christ. Um so there was you, a oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. I was, I was gonna no, say go there Robert. was a there was a recurring theme in the movie about your your love of Randy Savage. What was it like when you got to interact with him? So I, I, he was part of Ready to Rumble. Yeah. So what was it like to actually get to to meet Randy and and interact with him? I was really nervous. I was a uh, I was a huge fan of his, but like when I was watching the thing, I realized like just how in love with Miss Elizabeth I was. Like I liked Randy Savage when I but I really loved Miss Elizabeth. I mean, that's why I was like. And I'd always be kind of mad at him for the way he treated her, <laughs> conflicted. But uh, he was just so nice, so humble, <laughs> in character with his voice and the whole thing. Dude, I don't know if it's an in character, like, because my friend, my friend was like, uh, worked at Six Flags, and he was just like, he was like a guy, like a security guy there. And Macho yeah. Man asked him where the bathroom was, and Macho Man. Asked him like he's like that was the most intense way anyone's ever asked me to the bed like not angry just intense he was wearing purple leather pants a fishnet shirt he goes hey where's the uh, bathroom roar you know like it was like sweating while he said that so I, I think I think that may have been a shoot but Mike you did the Macho Man documentary was that a shoot was his character a shoot or was it or like, what was real about it. I mean everyone that we talked to said that what you saw is kind of who he was like there wasn't that much difference he really was an intense guy and i mean it's interesting because he was like the first method actor of wrestling in the sense that like he was so over prepared you know <laughs> like he he took advantage of what made wrestling great like everyone would like crap on him for choreographing his matches it's like they're choreographed anyways why not do that yeah but he's a totally. yeah. He also oh, he never when roller bags came out, he wouldn't do a roller bag because he always thought it was to ruin the gimmick. Like <laughs> <laughs> you got to carry your own bag, you know. <laughs> but he was limited. There's certain guys that just limit that are just they're not they're <laughs> they're actual heels. <laughs> they're actually like live in this world. Well, I think he's also he's a dude. Like when he was done, he was done. Because he put so much of himself into it when he was doing it. Like, he didn't do conventions and all of that. Because I think it's like, it must have taken a lot to be the Macho Man for all those years. Yeah, because you imagine just, like, Randy Savage hanging out with the fans at the bar, you know? That's right. a Scott Hall move, not a Randy <laughs> Savage move. That's, uh, 
that's uh, that's a Scott Hall move. Something right. that was kind of cool in the documentary that I was surprised it kind of got buried in the closing credits um, was because I'd worked with, with Brian Pillman Jr. And he talked about how you took your proceeds when you were in WCW and you donated them to the, the Pillman family and I think a couple other wrestling families. What what kind of sparked your idea to, to do that? And, and how did that come about? Uh, I don't know. I was talking with uh, DDP about it. Uh, and I was. You know, it just felt like the right thing to do. We were never, it was never publicized or talked about until we got so much junk, like the negative uh, feedback from the whole angle we did. And, and then at some point later down the line, Dallas talked about, uh, Paige talked about. So, yeah. yeah. You've given more money to those families than the companies <laughs> that their spouses um, work for. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't all that much. It was, I don't know. It was just uh, what I you could do. Say the amount, but Brian Pillman sure. Jr. is such an incredible wrestler. He's one yeah. of the guys that I'd love to shine a light on. That's yeah. really why I wanted that piece in there, just because he was, he's just such a legend of kid. Uh, yeah, I was at a. Made. Starcast for All In, and every time I saw you, you were with Pillman Jr. Uh, it yeah, seemed yeah. like you guys were hanging. Yeah, yeah he's a nice, yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Um, well, I I want to just take a moment to talk about like for like the how how um how much you're able to put like how impressive this movie is. This man has his ex wife on the movie putting your putting you over, and then you have your new wife putting you over. And you've got all, and you wrestle all the best wrestlers in the world. It's a real, it's a real win. Um, and and, and I really did, you know, I, I love the the you know the Luke Perry Jungle Boy tribute at the end. I thought that was that was really touching. Um, yeah. I, I got emo- me, me and my wife, we both got emotional watching it. How long do you think before Jungle Boy is AEW champion? If you had to, oh man, it's not a question of you know, it's a question of when, not a question of if. At this point, uh, what would you say? I think it'd probably take a little while just because there's so many people at, at the at, mm-hmm. at the company that are doing that. He's still sort of developing into uh, that. Like, I think they'll time it in a good way. I think the guy's a movie star. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's really got a great head on his shoulders. He's really smart. Just, no, I don't think he's ever drank, drank or smoked. He's just a really, like, very... I don't know the way he dealt with losing his father at such a young age and just with such dignity. I don't know. The kid's got all the respect in the world for me. That's that's great yeah. to hear, man. Uh, guys, you have any other uh, questions? Yeah, yeah, watching think, the. Uh, uh, no, oh, sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say, do you think the real reason wrestling fans hated you is because you have two wives? <laughs> <laughs> that you've had sex more than Dude, once. Wrestlers, wrestlers have two wives, but they're not. They're not David's wife and Courtney Cox. They're like, you know, they're like, they look like the fucking villain from True Detective. You know what I mean? It's like a trailer in a swamp, you know, another girl chained to a radiator. That's two wives from Mid-South wrestling. Yeah, what did uh, I guess the last question is your your wife was a producer and Ric Flair, not subtly, uh, kind of uh, hits on her. (laughs) What did she think of that? Oh, the... We love Rick and Wendy, and, and she she's like, I don't know. I have the, just what she did in producing the film. She really took it all in. She was like a mini promoter where she was like 
dealing with all this wrestling world and dealing with the movie world and making sure everything's got done. She really, and then putting up with everything we went through. So it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. She's glad that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Is there? Hey, thanks uh, for having me. We're gonna we're gonna drop this on Monday. Is there anything uh, besides uh, you cannot kill David Arquette? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to promote, sir? Oh man, there's a there's a, a film I have out called. Uh, uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, uh, I forgot. <laughs> You're like scream. Oh, it's called. <laughs> it's called Doctor Bird Advice for Sad Poets. It's on. Uh, I think it's uh, on uh, Amazon Prime right now, which is a movie I did. That's a really sweet film. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Sweet. All right. Well, guys, be sure to check it out. Uh, and uh, thank you, David. We're uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right, thank you, David, for joining us. Let's get. We also uh, are gonna review uh, David Arquette winning the title on Thunder. It was uh, David Arquette and Diamond Dallas Page versus Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett. Let's start with Robert. Uh, Eric what? Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. Eric Bischoff. I'm sorry. What did I say? Who did I say? You said Ric Flair. You mixed oh. up Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff. All right, all right. Similar all right. hair, Jeez. kind of, at that time, definitely. <laughs> yeah, they had similar hair. Yeah. like little, yeah. And Little Nate then took the hairstyle, too. Um, since Mike already shit on me, Mike, what did you think of this match? I mean, it was, you know, I, I said this to, to David in our interview. I don't think it sticks out as this, like, abomination within 2000 WCW. It just... It's just another day in the life of 2000 WCW. The fact that the individual world title can change hands in a tag match is already stupid to me. Um, it's already like goofily booked, but it was, you know, yeah, it was a gimmicky DQE old school overbooked Vince Russo masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say it's not even close to as bad as the Leno match, right? Because we've seen both. I mean, what do you think, Robert and Scott? The Leno match worse or the Leno match the goes Leno to match? my point that I was making to David, which was like in the Leno match, they treated Jay Leno like he was a credible professional athlete. That he was somebody that Hogan didn't want to get in the ring with because he was scared of Jay Leno. Uh, Arquette <laughs> was just you know he was there as the guy promoting the movie, and the the storyline throughout the show was they basically bullied him and beat him up to put him into this match to stack the against against the deck stack the deck against Diamond Dallas Page and the worst part of this match was Kimberly out there as the referee trying to screw over her husband which didn't make a whole lot of sense because yeah, was, at that point does anyone know like I watched the package beforehand but the package really didn't you know like tell me what Kimberly's and I was about to like go through the WWE I mean uh, WWE history but I'm like yeah, I feel like even if I go through this, I'm not going to understand what's fucking going on. I, I just accepted that it wasn't going to make sense. And then DDP, the babyface, sexually assaults his wife, uh, which was the, the more uncomfortable <laughs> moment in this match where he just pins her in the corner and forcibly kisses her for a good minute. Um, yeah, that's yeah. so weird. It is his wife. He does that with his wife. And his fans, wife, fans like, are like, hey, you know, I get wanting to do that, but giving a movie star the title, gross. <laughs> it, it honestly doesn't bother and that's mentioned it's like it's the wcw title it's not the they try to make it seem more prestigious than it is 
Uh, Vince won the WWF title and the people didn't say this has killed the industry. It's part of a story. I, I, I revere and respect the title a lot. And I think it should be held in high esteem. The story here was Bischoff fucking with, with Diamond Dallas Page, putting the title in jeopardy to get it on Jeff Jarrett and them getting outsmarted in the most ridiculous way possible. And oh shit, we're now in this situation. It was never David Arquette is a credible world champion. And now he's going to defend this a bunch of times over other wrestlers who deserve that opportunity. And, and that's what people tend to forget. I think more people read about Arquette winning the title and being angry about it than actually watched and saw what it was. The, the final minute is laid out perfectly. Like they're, they're, it, It's the best way to book a David Arquette victory in the sense that everybody in the match is occupied and Arquette has nothing to do with it. You know, there's two guys that are hurt and he has nothing to do with it. And the other guy is making a pin during the same time. So he doesn't know what's going on. It's, they did put the title on Vince like that same year. Yeah, right? none of them look like yeah. fools in this match. Not a single one of those guys. Besides the idea that it's a clusterfuck. I will. No, I, I, here's where I had to disagree with you, Scott. The end of the match when David Arquette wins the title. Why is Diamond Dallas Page so fucking excited about it? Okay, it, it, it's it's very naked gun. Like, you know, it. Sure, he, he should be confused. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. Um, I think he's happy because it didn't go to Jared. It's like, you know what? All right, at least if someone's going to have the title, let it be my friend and not the evil villain. But he was already the champ, so I imagine he would be kind of pissed at his friend. Well, but then what happens after that? Does DDP I win think back from Arquette him? turns heel, right? Eventually, right? Eventually, Arquette turns heel and him and Bischoff are aligned, and that's when Arquette's like the smarmy douchey guy when they were showing a lot of that stuff in the documentary because that's what you do when you are the Hollywood actor in uh, in wrestling and that that's what people are upset about or people really just thought it should have gone to Scott Kahn <laughs> yeah and to your point Robert it's like it it's kind of become like a meme just like the image of him holding the title and all of that but like you know as like lifelong wrestling fans you know, there was like three years of racist, boring ass Triple H, like that specific reign of terror. There were like way longer, awful title reigns and characters and moments. The the guest Raw GM, the, the finger poke, the, the finger poke of doom. I think was yeah. more, was was equally as egregious that the WCW title became more worthless. And it's just kind of hey, they were going to get publicity for it. They got publicity for it. You're selling a movie that you own the rights to, if this was Vince in the driver's seat, exact same thing would have happened. If Vince could have figured out a way to put the title on Schwarzenegger when they were promoting End of Days, he would have put the title on Schwarzenegger. He would have put yeah. the title on Mike. Dude, how fucking badass would that, would that have been, though? Schwarzenegger is the champ? Well, yeah, Schwarzenegger makes sense as a champ, man. That may, he's, he's the guy. Yeah, he, he's, the, he's the governor. Like, he's, dude, he's the only guy, person I follow on TikTok. I got a TikTok, and I just I only see Schwarzenegger's stuff. That puts you on a watch list. You're too old to have TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, it's also it's like you had like 500 pound Big Show in a 12 minute match with 150 pound Floyd Mayweather. Like, there's been other. Well, I mean, I love that match though. That match is booked pretty phenomenally. Is I, I we we recently just watched that match, and it's it's still really good. It's, it. it's different when it's an athlete, man. It's it's way different when it's an athlete. Okay, I have a question about Arquette, though. So he said he he he's done, right? I did not think that. 
Uh, I didn't get a sense of that at all. And if you, remember, I got a sense of that when we were interviewing him for sure. Sure, I did. Yes, 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 yeah. I did. Um, but I'm not even talking about just the documentary. I'm talking about in general. Uh, we've seen him in in the crowd at AEW. I'm not sure if it's been during the pandemic, but uh, he was around there. And now you, you know you have you have Jungle Boy. Um, mm-hmm. you have an excuse to have Arquette, and he's better at this now. Um, and even if it's just you know, someone beating the shit out of David Arquette to piss off Jungle Boy. Uh, I think David Arquette is going to be a part of a storyline we really like in the future. I, I would have was- loved Arquette. And that was what I was going to ask him before he jumped off was if he's watching the current product, because I think there's a spot for him, whether it's the event. Honestly, the, the best use of him could be to eventually turn Cody heel because it's Arn Anderson was never world champion, but you were world champion, you piece of shit. And now I'm going to come after you because they love using old wrestling storylines in it. Uh, you could do the same thing uh, in WWE with him. I just think that there's an avenue to use him where he's still physically in good shape. And most of the guys he worked with on this documentary are either in AEW or they're in WWE now. I mean, fucking Peter Avalon, who I can't get rid of out of my life. He was in nine segments in Dynamite, and then he popped up in this documentary, and I yelled so loudly, like I scared the rest. I'm like, why the fuck is oh. he Dude, while while we're here, since since Scott, first off, Scott, we're glad you're back. Uh, our condolences. What did you think about Dynamite on Wednesday? Three seconds of condolences, ten <laughs> minutes of what you think of Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, come on. What's this, this with the podcast? I, uh, I, I look, 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 losing your family is a tragedy, but, <laughs> but, but putting Lee Johnson versus Caesar Bononi, goddamn. <laughs> yes, I, I missed. I missed most of it. I did watch the main event. Uh, I have to watch it again, more focused. Obviously, I, I liked it. I liked the main event a lot. I thought well, it was, was there uh, too much cum in your eyes? <laughs> well yeah you know i mean look it, it was a thing where i go the guy well, loses his aunt and we just immediately trash him as soon as he gets back yeah. <laughs> well you know what it is it's like you, you're you're watching it and for some reason your head is thinking of all the these big main events they have had where they're having wrestling matches uh and i knew it was lights out going in but i i was not expecting so much of it to be in a kitchen and stuff so I had to kind of adjust to what I was expecting. But when I did, I, I, th- I thought that was a good-ass time. And, and I did see the Omega Golf thing. And, and, and I really I thought that was good stuff. They should do more of that. Don't, I, I, don't I, I love that, yeah. Scott, you've had a rough enough week. Don't watch the rest of Dynamite. Yeah, uh, I would dude, honestly... I the card. Dude, I, I the rest of Dynamite that. is... Bru- it's the worst Dynamite I've ever... Besides well, the main event, which saves it. Um, if you took the main event, remember that one main event that really sucked where the Dark Order took over Dynamite? If you put that and the rest of the card this past Wednesday, it would be the worst. Re- yeah, it would be the worst AEW show. Okay, so I saw ne- Nemeth. That's how you say it? Yeah. yeah. What's his first name? Nick? Ryan Nemeth. Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Like, and, like, um, like Nemethism. Nemeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a t shirt. That's a goddamn T-shirt. Jesus, we're not even under Conrad's fucking umbrella yet. You're already that's a T-shirt. Market it. <laughs> hey man, I gotta get some work. We're going, man. Or I gotta go back on the road again. Well, so but, but Pac beat his ass, right? It wasn't like the Hangman match. It, it went a little longer than you think. Okay, and then and now next week, uh, Matt Seidel's brother is <laughs> dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Q-T- I, I just, I just wait. Yeah. Oh, man. Amazing. Amazing. 
and also you were at a New Jersey funeral, so you probably saw Joey Janela already this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey Janela and Darby Allen have a really slow-paced, good psychological match, and I'm not making that up. It's really weird. You get kind of bummed out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a hammer lock and not a hammer, and I think yeah. that's the problem with that match. Well, I guess you kind of have to if you know what the main event is, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's true. But why why have those two matches on the same? I do club? love the idea that also they're like we're gonna show you, and it's like oh we don't care enough like that. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know the dislike for Janela is just like okay, like we're not gonna, it's not a Rudy moment. We don't get it. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're like. Well, it's just hard because there's like 13 Marco stunts in that company, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know who, which underdog to get. Like when, when, like this past week, when we, and I've already said this, but when Lee Johnson beat Peter Avalon, like I, I didn't was, know this, this was dark or dynamite. This was dynamite, dude. They paid a dark storyline off. On dynamite. I heard Lee Johnson was great. There was one guy in it that I heard was very good. Well, someone's lying to you then, Scott. Someone <laughs> yeah, is not, he wasn't he wasn't bad. He, no, wasn't, he wasn't good bad. though. He was he was okay. Um he was okay. He was, he, was, he was the guy in the nightmare family who didn't tear his rotator cuff. So yeah, he was pretty good. He but was dude, better yeah. the, he was better than the guy from the backyard wrestling match. Um but yeah, not, that guy. Dude, he he beats he pins Peter Avalon. And the facial expression that he gives is the same facial expression Edge gave when they pinned John Cena first at the Elimination Chamber. You know, it's like that. Like, you, so I act, I thought Peter Avalon won because I was like, well, this has to be the shocking moment. But I didn't realize there was a whole like Lee Johnson losing streak storyline that I should have known about at dark. And what's even more insulting that Meltzer has talked about is they're going to be doing the Bruno San Martino Larry Zabisco storyline with Lee Johnson and QT Marshall. I am not fucking making this up. Like at the very end of the show, I've already ran on this. The very end of this, Lee Johnson cuts a promo. He doesn't mention QT and you see QT getting hurt. And Cody's plan, I guess, is to make this that 2.0. He's comparing fucking QT Marshall to Bruno San Martino. <laughs> I can't believe they would insult uh, QT like that because uh, <laughs> QT would never have a son like David San Martino. Uh, I think that's that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah, Dynamite was was really a, a, a misfire across the board. There's a whole thing with Sammy Guevara that makes no sense. Oh, so so, but I've heard. So I did read about that, and it, it bothered me because it seems like absolute trash. Uh, but what if they're in cahoots? What if that's the idea that Sammy and MJF are actually working? Because so you that's know, the real WWE way to do yeah. it. So so next week, aside from the tag match of the Seidel brothers uh, teaming up, we're also getting the Bucks versus uh, Proud and Powerful for the titles. And uh, what the hell's Proud, Proud and Powerful? And powerful? Uh, Santana uh, and Ortiz. Yes, Santana oh, I didn't know they had a name. Yeah. Well, I, I guess they don't anymore. They kind of dropped. They that, did right? for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is diving. You have to remember everything that's ever happened in wrestling to know what's going on in the fucking show. Yeah. Which uh, oh, that was the other thing, Scott, that pissed me off was they they have Kenta and Kenny as a team, but Kenta and Kenny don't like each other. But as an AEW fan, you have no idea why, and no, they never really bring it up other than yeah, they don't like each other. And oh, by the way, Kenta has a briefcase that's not the Money in the Bank briefcase. And Moxley has a title that we've never seen before, but is prestigious. 
and, and they don't emphasize it enough that they don't like each other, and so it just makes it for weird moments. Uh, why yeah. don't they like each other? Like, I'm genuinely asking. I have no oh, idea if there was oh, a story. Oh, yeah. so, okay, so, I mean, because he's not real Bullet Club. You know, there's a Bullet Club in Japan that is Bullet Club, um, and Kenta is a part of it, and Omega and the Bucks. I mean, they left and started a whole new company uh, when New Japan was, you know, on the way up because of these guys. And, you know, did Bullet Club make them famous? Did they make Bullet Club famous? It's all, you know, very debatable, but that's like the tension. Uh, There's still a Bullet Club in New Japan, and you guys are acting like you're the thing. This is like that um, stupid WWF feud when they had when DX split and they fought over who got the merchandising rights to DX. Pre- I mean, pretty much, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's just beef between, no, we're Bullet Club. You, you guys abandoned us, kind of. And hopefully they pay that off. You know what's amazing is Moxley is on the next episode of Dark. And he's yeah, fighting he's fighting Serpentico, but Serpentico's real name. Because when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Mo- Mox and to quote uh, Bruce Pritchard, Mox and Serpentico is a main event anywhere in the country. <laughs> now wait, if, if what's his powerful. real name is like Pete Penico? Like what the fuck's his real? I, <laughs> Pete Penico. I genuinely, I work with Sir Penico, and I don't know his real name. It's Jonathan like, Cruz. That's not a bad name, actually, for wrestling. It's better. It's than, bad. I'm, I'm the <laughs> Snake Guy. I, uh, unless you're related to Ted Cruz, guys. That's my um, <laughs> shitty political joke to end this fucking podcast. Wasn't even a joke. Just I matched Cruz with Cruz. Uh, we are we're gonna wrap up um, this week. Uh, you know, you're listening to this. This is this is a this is for our Patreon, but we made this public this week. Uh, so once again, we want to uh, thank David Arquette, and we want to talk about uh, Wrestle Roasts that is premiering this Thursday. It is uh, it is the old podcast added uh, added a roast of a wrestler every week. We're gonna be doing Shane McMahon this week. We did Paren Corbin last week. There should be a video floating around. Uh, at the some end. point, we'll get to a wrestler. Ah, boom! Uh, that's, that's where we're going, baby. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you guys have been putting some great suggestions on our message boards. We're definitely going to get to Bret Hart. I don't know when. I kind of want to save it a little bit, um, but we're definitely going to get to Bret. And I, I really respect our fan base that that was the first person that they uh, pushed. We now yeah, have like a, a, a real... It like was a Brett, real we'll stroke. get to you eventually. We promise. <laughs> Whoever suggested <laughs> Bret Hart, that was a real stroke of genius. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it piss off Brett even more if we just like kept postponing Didn't it? Didn't do it. Yeah, I don't know why you did Rock and Roll Express before me, but <laughs> I say every time we're gonna do Bret Hart, we just do somebody else. Like <laughs> we, we do Bret Hart, we actually do Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that would be fucking dude oh man we blew it maybe we need to take this part out of the podcast yes. uh no maybe later on all right well guys thank you uh, for tuning in uh follow me on dan saint germain hopefully i'm gonna be doing stand up again soon i gotta get out there and shake that ass uh mike what do you got get back to stand up <laughs> get back to stand up strut that ass you can see me, uh, you know, in my uh, website is MikeLawrenceComedy.com, and my Instagram is MikeLawrenceComedy. Uh, Scotty. Yeah, Scott underscore Chaplin, and also my other podcast, Garbage Days, with Brennan Sagalow.
Mr. Karpolis. You can see me in my living room binge watching The Sopranos with my wife, or you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Oh, Bobby. Uh, Bobby Hutchinson over at Gas Digital has been helping us out. Bobby, you got anything to promote? Uh, sure, yeah. Sign up to GasDigitalNetwork.com. Use promo code HUTCH. Get a 14-day free trial, guys. Thanks All very right. much. All Thank right. You, Thanks, Bobby. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you Thursday. I guess this really was the last episode of Total Up of Marks. Wrestle Roasts starts on Thursday. I'm fucking pumped. Um, we're going to kill it. All right. Have a good one.